Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness, and opportunity in VFX, animation, and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects, animation, and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Hi, so welcome to another Access VFX podcast. My name is Tom Box, co-founder at Blue Zoo and a director of Access VFX. And I'm here with... Simon Devereaux. I'm the group head of learning development at The Mill and the, uh, the chair and, and founder of Access VFX as well. So I'm in good company. And Neil Hatton. Uh, I'm the chief executive of the UK Screen Alliance and I'm also an Access VFX board member. Excellent. So we're doing this podcast because we've just had the launch of the uh, UK Screen Alliance, Animation UK and Access VFX Inclusion and Diversity Report. And that was at MPC and uh, Neil went through all of the results. So we thought it'd be good to have a podcast to explain the reason behind it and what the actions are from it. So how did it start? I think the work we've been doing as Access, as, as Access VFX has been brilliant and one of the things that we spoke about earlier was you know, we came together to get stuff done rather than kind of rely on statistics and reports and pie charts and bar charts because we knew there was work to be done. Um, but we did need to anchor it in something. Now that we're nearly two years old, we needed some report to anchor the work, not just in terms of identifying areas of focus, but to measure the work that we're doing as well year on year. And this seemed like the great, a great opportunity to, uh, to do it in partnership with uh, Animation UK and UK Screen Alliance. Is that fair, Nick? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, there's very little granular data been published about uh, visual effects or animation. Uh, there's plenty of uh, statistics about the whole film and TV industry, but actually on a subsectoral level, there's hardly anything. And that's something that's been picked up by some of the wider reports, like the uh, report that the BFI did last year and Screen Skills Own report that came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, so there are significant differences between the rest of the film industry and visual effects and animation and we we wondered whether you know for instance the 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 fact that there's more permanent employment in those sectors whether that would have a significant effect on inclusion and diversity and so that was one of the reasons why we set about doing this Uh, and also we had an inkling that you know where uh, the film industry quite often there's a a statistic that's quoted that it's only got three percent BAME well, it doesn't feel like that in our sector. It yeah. feels a lot, a lot more inclusive than that. So we wanted to set out to find out what the truth was and, and see if we could actually get uh, um, a decent figure for that. And we also had an inkling from work we do every year that it was significantly higher. So uh, it wasn't a surprise when we, we actually uh, got the results. But there was another reason why we wanted to do it, and, and that's partly because there's a bit of a political move at the moment to uh, potentially link tax credits uh, that, that drive our industry uh, to diversity criteria. And we wanted to make a, a proper data-informed mm. response to that consultation. Absolutely. I mean, it, for me, it just felt like proper coalface meaty information that we can use from people who actually work in industry because I think a lot of surveys get done off the back of uh, HR and I've got nothing against HR but you know off the back of HR reports and and employee statistics and data whereas this felt like the people speaking and taking a bit of a stand. 
Yeah, that's right. We, I mean, we got some comments as well yeah. from, from the respondents, uh, which have actually been quite insightful in some yeah. cases. I mean, one of the things that they're very, very keen to emphasise is that uh, inclusion should be about opportunity. It's not about box ticking. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing. You know, it, it was, would be completely wrong if we were to just employ people just because they were women or just because they were yeah, ethnic exactly. minorities. We're still looking for the best talent that mm. we can find. But we know that, that, that white men, middle-class men, don't have a, a monopoly on all the talent, by far. Mm. Yeah. So we need to make sure that the opportunity is there for all of those uh, other groups to have uh, the chance to enter our industry and, and progress within it. Absolutely. And I think on the back of that, the, I mean, it was great that you covered quite a lot of the work that we've been doing as Access VFX and getting out into the regions, whether it be the work we've been doing um, during the tour of the country in October or what we have planned for this autumn or... Um, the animation summer school like whether it be planting seeds at that very early age from like seven or eight plus through to people who just don't know that our, our, our industry exists and that was that was really encouraging i think we can already see some of the effect of access vfx even though it's not been around for that long yeah. i mean one of the key takeaways that within animation and visual effects around about 80 percent of the respondents said that they felt these industries were either highly inclusive or mostly inclusive. Mm. Now that's a really good figure, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it's not just the view of the you know the white men uh, who would you, you would expect to say yeah, it's inclusive. Yeah. Um, this this view was shared by a very high proportion of women and also a very high proportion mm. of uh, uh, people of colour. Yeah. Um, we're less successful, I think, in inclusion for people with disabilities, and that's something that we've really got to look at. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean that the uh, traffic light slide, which I know we can't show on a podcast, but for me it felt like uh, it felt like the perfect Access VFX almost strategy checklist. Like uh, for me, it just laser focuses exactly where we should be focusing our work right now. I um, mean, I think it'll change, but I think all those kind of red red traffic lights against disability across all three sectors was pretty a bit of an eye-opener for me yeah i think we've got to be careful that we don't make blanket assumptions you know this is an audio visual industry but it doesn't mean that people with sensory disabilities are necessarily excluded from it there are plenty of roles that they can have and we also discovered that you know a really high proportion of neurodiversity uh so for instance a six and a half percent of uh, the respondents um declared with dyslexia Mm. now that's probably not a great surprise to us in the industry, uh, but it's nice to have a figure for it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, dyslexia quite often manifests itself in increased creativity, yeah, which course. is absolutely ideal for us. The same with um, autism and ADHD. You know, yeah. we've got to really kind of uh, make uh, advantages for those people who, who have those conditions mm. uh, because they can do really well in our industry. And they're unseen as well, so you'd never know unless exactly. you actually did these kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, one of the things that we've got to uh, make sure is that, you know, as part of the inclusion strategy, is that people with those conditions feel comfortable about coming forward and letting their employers know that they have those conditions so yeah. that uh, necessary adjustments can be made for them uh, but you know we can really uh, help them with their careers yeah. and I think they can absolutely fly. I mean do you find that having the the access you know, this being a partnership with all three institutions Access VFX, uh, Animation UK and, and UK Screenlines that I found with things like our mentoring program we don't just target kind of protected groups I think people gravitate towards Access VFX initiatives because we stand for inclusion and always have. So do you think it's a, you know, a survey like this is almost like a safe space to be able to declare some of these um, kind of conditions, these um, 
these kind of groups? Well, I think so, because it was anonymous as well. People yeah. felt secure on that. Um, and I think that, that, that does help, you yeah. know, with people being uh, very honest about yeah. some things which are really personal. Yeah. I mean, we found, actually, that, that the high proportion of uh, LGB plus mm. uh, yes. within uh, all three sectors, but, you know, particularly within animation... Um, obviously, felt made, that people felt very secure in in, yeah. in saying that. Um, and that's pre uh, QVFX as well. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, yeah. I think QVFX will have uh, you know a, a great effect in uh, mm. making people feel very welcomed in yeah, our yeah. in our industry. Mm. Yeah, I felt there were some real um, like surprises actually some pleasant surprises in the report so I think for me there was the expected um, result around this I mean I didn't expect uh, anything different to what came out of disability I think the proportion of kind of female kind of representation at a leadership level but the uh, the big shock for me was the BAME um, level the 14% in industry well exactly yeah I mean actually in visual effects it came out as 19% yeah. um, that's compared with a a UK average within the working population yeah. of 14%. So, you know, we're really well ahead there. But let's not forget, we are a predominantly London-based industry. So the BAME proportion in, in, in London is 40%. Mm. But we don't just recruit from the local population. Course, yeah. We recruit globally. Yeah. But, you know, if we... If, we did some analysis that, that we reckon that 18%, based on our London bias, mm. for UK um, recruitment, 18% of people of colour would be about a representative yeah. proportion. And so we're, we're right on the money on that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's super, yeah. again, it's super encouraging. I think nobody saw, saw that coming, because I think there's a lot of assumption and there's lots of, lots of commonly held statistics that people just go to. So I thought it was a really refreshing... We mustn't get too carried away no, with that success because actually it will take some oh, yeah. uh, some work to maintain it for a start. But also we've got a challenge there with uh, the proportion of uh, mm. people of colour in yeah. senior management uh, being you know eight percent or less. So there's a real issue there on making sure that we can get progression. Yeah. Uh, so things like mentoring shouldn't be just for entry level it's got to be uh, right across the the board and coaching as well uh, because you know there's a lot of talk often about a gender confidence gap and Mm. and i think there is also uh, an ethnicity confidence gap sometimes Um, so i I think we've got uh, some work to do to uh, counteract that and make sure that people uh, are applying for promotion and are in the best position to win that, that those jobs when they're there yeah. Uh, another thing I think is one of the most important things about it is it's it's very easy to have that kind of unconscious bias and think you know what all the problems are, yeah. but that's just pure anecdotal evidence on a daily basis. So yeah. the, the results of this really hold all of us accountable to make sure we're actually resolving the, yeah. the issues and not just what we think the issues are. Absolutely. It also kind of provides that, that focus for, for us, as, again, to bring it back to Access VFX for me, is um, what we're doing as an organisation for our people within the VFX community because we do so much work with outreach and that will continue for all of the initiatives we do but this has kind of brought it back home to what, what we should be doing more of internally as well in terms of changing culture and recruitment practices I and mean, you mentioned unconscious bias and better training better awareness so I think it's a it's a, it's a move in that direction as well for me is uh, you know return, that return to the founding values of what Access VFX was when we started which was you know raising the, um, the, the awareness of the creative and uh, commercial case for improved inclusion not just the, the worthy cause backslapping I, I should just add in, if you're wondering what the sounds are in the background, we're in, in Soho Square, the yeah. heart of where the VFX industry exactly. started in the UK. So uh, you might be wondering why why it sounds a bit different from the normal podcast, but we're, yeah. we're out enjoying the, the last dregs of summer. And, we, we, and down the road from where we were earlier, right? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. 
Um, one of the things that we also found within um, the survey that we put out was uh, at the moment the, the, the visual effects and the animation industry are actually very highly qualified you know with uh, like 92% of people in animation having a degree yeah. and 82% in VFX having a degree in fact in VFX it was 29% with postgraduate degrees yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how those figures start to move because we know for a fact since we've introduced apprenticeships yeah, yeah. that a degree is actually not totally necessary to, to make your way in those uh, those industries so it'll be interesting to see how those figures start to move as we roll out more and more apprenticeships yeah. and especially when you're trying to convince parents which are a lot of the issues with apprenticeships when they're so new any evidence like this showing that they, they, they do work yeah. uh, is you know is so important because without that it's just it's just kind of hearsay saying oh yeah here's an apprenticeship do it and parents are like well is it going to work and that's where those numbers come in to show that these things do work and that's a long game because you know we've only really been applying the apprenticeship model for the last three years four years give or take so it's early we're we're still probably in total i don't think we've even hit a hundred people across the whole industry who've had an apprenticeship yet so that's going to take a while to to work its way through into the figures but I think it's, it's encouraging, you know, we've had a lot of success with apprenticeships and, and we're developing even more. So I'm expecting to see in a couple of years' time uh, a real boost in, in that. Sorry, Tom, please, after you. No, I was just talking about how like, the, uh, the, the degree stats are very kind of reflective of that old, not old guard, but, you know, where we historically have got talent from. I mean, yeah. I know only, you know, actually effects have only been around for three years, give or take, and before then... It would be the, the it would be the degree shows at the universities. You know, you would come in with that degree, and it goes way back, kind of throughout the kind of the thirty-year history of kind of a, our, our still very new industry. So I think the apprenticeship model is only really going to be reflected in these stats over another five, six, ten, twenty years. You know, again, it's going to, and then that it will shift massively after that. But I think all the stuff we already knew about, um, you know, the boys' club and the you know the gender imbalance is historic from you know years of unconscious bias recruiting and and gravitating to the familiar Uh, yeah you can see that in the age profile of the industry which is a predominantly young industry I mean it's really only been around for 20-25 years and so there is a sudden drop off at about 45 exactly exactly. (laughs) those people who are now you know 45 to 50 in in the industry uh, were the original pioneers and they've been in in there since the beginning Uh, so there has been a huge expansion in the industry, so you'd expect it to have a lot of uh, younger people. Yeah, yeah. So the, that kind of age bias, I think, will start to uh, roll out as, as those people mature and go into yeah. more senior jobs. Um, so uh, I think uh, we've got a, a really exciting prospect with so many juniors coming in and a really diverse mix of juniors, yeah. uh, a good mix of... Pro- pretty much a 50-50 balance of, of men and women coming yep. in at junior level and a proportionate amount of uh, people of colour. Mm. So actually I think we, we will see an improving picture but it's going to take a little while for yeah, it to come through the system. So on that note um, when are you next going to do the survey then to follow up to see if, see if those trends are, are true? Well we'd love to do it every year um, I think there are ways we can do it every year uh, with this particular survey we actually talked to the employees uh, because we needed them to self-identify uh, the various characteristics 
because not every characteristic is is recorded uh, and databased by the employers. For instance, uh, the ethnic origins are, are not routinely databased. We'd like to encourage all the employers to do that as a matter of course, and then that would make this this survey a lot more accurate and a lot more easy to to actually do. Then we could do it annually. And I guess more inclusive, because you're not just relying on people's goodwill to fill it in. Everyone's included. Indeed, that's absolutely right. Um, So I think, you know, we we would like to do it regularly, reveal those trends that are bound to uh, come around. And I actually think, uh, you know... uh, this would be a very important part of the whole film and TV picture on diversity and inclusion uh, because I think we've, we've probably proven in this survey that we are one of the most diverse sectors mm. in the whole film and TV industry. So going forward, you, uh, Simon, you mentioned the, um, the, the traffic light chart. Yeah. Uh, Neil, do you want to explain what exactly that, that is? Because that's for me, that's one of the, uh, the most important parts of the survey because it, for a like I said, a very visual industry. Uh, we don't we don't deal that well with you know reams and reams of text on pages. So that really does summarise it very well. Yeah. Well, we've given a, a traffic light system to all the various characteristics that we analysed. Uh, so green lights meaning okay, this is we're pretty good figures here, but we still need action to maintain that. Uh, amber lights. Well, we've made significant progress there. Still a little bit of work to be done. Red lights mean this is a big priority for us. So looking at VFX, we can see that we've got some work to do on gender balance because we really only showed 34% of women in the workforce and that's not good enough. We need to work harder at that. Um, and also the women in creative roles because the, 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 uh, the women in the workforce tend to be concentrated in production management. That's where actually there are more women than men. But um, in the creative artist roles, we've got some work to do to improve that. In animation, the gender balance is great. It's uh, it's at parity. You know, it's better than parity. In fact, it's fifty one percent women. Um, and but where we need to improve in both in uh, animation and uh, in visual effects uh, is is for people of colour in creative roles. We could do with more more there. Um, we're also looking off in VFX and in animation at people of colour in senior management roles. And obviously, we've already mentioned we've got a lot of work to do. We've got red lights on disability at the moment. That's, yeah. That definitely needs improvement. Green lights across the board on LGB, uh, which is great. Um, and also, we need to look more at uh, socioeconomic uh, inclusion uh, and more regional inclusion, particularly for VFX being so London-centric. That's, we need to make sure that there's regional opportunity there. Yeah. So those are kind of the conclusions that we've come to and I'm sure every HR department recruitment department yeah. will be printing this out <laughs> and pinning it on their yeah. wall yeah, and exactly. Simon how do you see that feel, feeds into the, the Access VFX big picture for me it's everything it almost should be like an Access VFX charter I want to have it on the wall like printed kind of A0 size and we can start to <laughs> get, get a t-shirt and wear it to remit definitely yeah yeah. especially if we change colour um, but for me it kind of it, it, it provides focus for me so you know the regional work the socio-economic work work it shows work you know we'll always do broad inclusive events where we try to capture as much difference as we can and that's what we do we try not to focus too much on a protected characteristic but this gives us a bit more of a strategic uh, edge i think in terms of where we do it who we partner with there are so many organizations and charities and social movements that we can do some work with to promote 
um, the, those areas uh, and I think we can be doing more so this for me provides that it's almost a strategy a one-page strategy already I agree with Simon about not not focusing on particular yeah. uh, protected characteristics because you'd lose the intersectionality exactly. there yeah. and we've, we've shown actually that there's not a major intersectional problem in VFX or animation yeah. because the, the proportion of people of colour between the genders is fairly consistent so that's yeah. that's good news yeah. so in the access VFX spirit it's all about you know what yeah. can be done from here Simon what do you think people can do uh, from this if they want to help get things changed from their perspective there's a number of things really one is uh, become a mentor for yeah. starters I mean we, uh, we relaunched the mentoring program a month or so ago and we relaunched the website and we're looking for more mentors particularly in kind of creative roles and those mentors come from any disciplines across any part of the world now so whether you're yeah. listening from America Canada UK anywhere in the world you can be an AxFX mentor technical as well. particularly for technical yeah for sure um, so I think that's an easy win. It takes 10 minutes to sign up. Um, and if you're listening from a uh, visual effects studio, whether you're a member or not, is to let us have you get your people out there. Because, you know, we go all over the country. We're planning another tour of the country and we're looking for talent to go out and speak to people and inspire people from a range of ages all around the country, really, and work with us. Become a member if you're not already a member and help us grow Access VFX and, and, and create some real, uh, some real change here. And I guess also the next time you see a server like this, Fill it in. Fill it in. Fill it in, circulate it. I mean, we've had a great response, haven't we? Yeah, terrific response. But yeah. I think we can double it and triple it, and um, I'm excited to see you know, how we can you know, create some real change in, in these stats as well and see, see the, uh, the traffic lights change in a positive direction. Well, that's it. We don't just want to change the stats. We want to change attitudes, yeah. and we want to change the reality on the ground, don't we? That's, exactly. the, that's the real acid test of this. Yeah. So you know, if you want to get hold of the report... Um, just go to the UK Screen Alliance website, which is uh, www.ukscreenalliance.co.uk, and you'll find a link there. At the moment, it's right there on the front page, Absolutely. so you can't miss it. Yeah. And I should say, if you want to be a mentor, go to www.accessvfx.org, and the button's right there on the left. Become a pro mentor and sign up, or become a mentee as well. Yeah, and even if you're if well, if you're not uh, an HR person or you know yeah. running a studio, and you're an artist or work in production then download the report and send it to those people so exactly. they're aware of it because it's very hard to reach everyone yeah. so you know we need to spread as far and wide as possible absolutely and we've got some very neat infographics yeah, very, so if you don't nice. want to read all the words we've got infographics for you as well exactly very cool very colorful excellent and there's a newsletter as well yeah please do sign up for the uk screen alliance newsletter and there's also an animation uk newsletter um, the animation uk uh, website is anim- animationuk.org and you can sign up there. Excellent. I think, I said, I think now we're being sung out by the Harry Christians. <laughs> I think that probably sing- signals the end of the interview. <laughs> oh, the perfect end. And we should uh, end every podcast with uh, Harry Christians. <laughs> Without a doubt. They're fully inclusive. It shows you the diversity of Soho, doesn't it? Absolutely. Welcome to Soho, people. Excellent. Cheers, Simon. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Neil. And cheers, Neil. Thank you very much. Cheers. There we go. End of another Access VFX podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about what we discussed, our mentoring program and events we're at, then head over to our website at www.accessvfx.org and follow us on social media. Big thank you for listening. And until next time, bye.